You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast, and thank you for joining our conversation today. Alana and I are having a 3D friendship withdrawal. We were together all last week at our first women's beach trail trauma retreat, which was amazing. And so actually talking with you virtually, Alana just isn't the same today, but today we are discussing how you are not your trauma and ways to be aware of when your trauma healing work is now becoming your identity and how we can move through this because there is a way through. And so we're going to discuss that today. First, I do want to validate when your whole world has been flipped, turned upside down, and you don't even know yourself anymore. You don't know what reality is anymore, what you thought it was. And it's just shattered. I know for me, there really aren't enough words half the time to describe or explain what that was like each time I found out a little more of what my ex had been hiding, just that gut-wrenching pain. And so I want to validate if that's where you're at this raw place right now. A lot of the topics that we discuss are for different stages of your healing, right? And today we're addressing this more for those who have been at this work for a very long time. And we want to just help you take it to the next step and what that might look like for you. The whole reason we came up with this topic was we have come across, and and really I was in this place myself when I went through this, but we've come across women who get in this place that in the beginning, when you go through trauma, it really does. Like Amy said, it rocks your whole world. It can shift how you see the world, how you view other people, how you view yourself, how you view the level of safety in this world. And naturally your mind is on it all day long. And that is very common when you experience trauma. But what we don't want is we don't want to have to live in this place for the rest of our life. And that's a big fear. A big fear is I forever be in this place? Will I forever be scared? Will I forever feel pain? And the answer is no, but it can if we're not doing that work to work through it. And so I see some women who, when they really start latching on and finding safe circles and safe people and resources that really start to put the puzzle pieces together and start to create this level of understanding, awareness, safety, it becomes this huge relief. Oh my word. Okay. Like I need this. I remember like needing my like water or the air to breathe. It was so important to me and it was so healing and helpful, hard and difficult, but healing and helpful. But what can happen is with time that can start to become our only identity. I remember going out with friends who did not know about the trauma, did not understand the trauma and feeling like a fish out of water and not knowing how to talk with them or connect with them. 
And I wanted to retreat back to my little circles who got everything and they knew everything because I loved that feeling of safety. And so for a while, that was really, it was okay. It was helpful. But there also came a point where I start recognizing that I needed to build myself again, reclaim myself, have an identity outside of the trauma that I've experienced. And I see, especially, and I'm really hesitant to say this, but again, like I was there, but especially these women who, if you were at home all day long, where your work is in your home, you're left even more so in your head all day long, especially if you don't have little kids at home, then you are left in your brain and often your trauma all day long. And that can become just this breeding ground for more and more of spinning in your trauma. So some of the most stuck women that I've worked with have been women who don't have any identity outside of their trauma or their identity is so linked to the trauma or so linked to their husband and what he is or isn't doing or so linked to their children and what they are doing or not doing or their religion. It gets so linked to all of these external pieces that they just really struggle to find, maintain, reclaim, redeem, however you want to put it, who they are at their center. Yeah. So true. And I, I like looking at it from the standpoint of anything outside of us, anything that can change cannot be your identity because when it changes, then you lose that sense and it feels all kinds of chaos inside. And also because you, who you really are, doesn't change. You are 100% no matter what your worth and value never changes. The circumstances change your husband, partner, all of it can change. So yeah, it's a real thing. And like you said, yes, trauma can absolutely affect the way that we see ourselves in relation to the world. But I think it's also common to find traumatic experiences as a defining moment in your life. I know I have. And so it can be a positive when it leads to that personal growth and that healthy change. But like you're saying that trauma centered identity can have potential to be harmful with some of the things that you were talking about. And I see also when you're only surrounding yourself by those who are in similar mindset, mind frame, you're going to relive that trauma over and over again. I find that it's harder to manage your triggers when you are not giving yourself some space from this work. And I feel like it also inhibits our ability to navigate those healthy relationships that we want with other people. And so it really can do a lot of damage when we're well, not when, aware. Yeah. And when you said trauma is this defining moment, like absolutely, it has greatly impacted your life. And there's something different that happens when we internalize and say, I am traumatized versus when we say, I have experienced something yeah. traumatizing yeah. because when we have experienced something traumatizing, when we even just that little bit separate it from us and who we are, gives us so much more power in our brain to do something. So I have been traumatized and I'm using these tools to move through that 
and forward versus I am a traumatized being. I can't function because I am too traumatized. It's those little bits of that verbiage change that make all the difference because words really matter. Mm -hmm. The words that we tell ourselves, the words that we, and a lot of times these are being told to ourselves subconsciously, but we reinforce them. So if we have this, I am traumatized, our brain is going to naturally now look for all of the reasons that is exactly right. I am traumatized because of this and this. And while these things absolutely can be traumatizing, we can change it of when this happens, this can be traumatizing, puts you now already like that word change. I don't know if you, you recognize this, but even my brain started going, okay, so what boundaries do we need with this versus power? Yeah. Versus this thing is happening to me. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. That whole goal of being empowered, being in charge of your life and not letting all of these outside external things run your life, including your trauma brain. (laughs) And that's the whole thing here is that our brain has been traumatized. We know that. And that's where we've got to access your higher self, who you are that has not changed and practice letting that become in charge. When you go to the support groups, it's so validating and so beneficial and you feel so safe there. And so you go to these groups and you begin to look to them for all of your answers. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me the next step. Give me advice on this. And this can create its own interesting pattern of if we are always looking outside of ourselves for people to give us what the right, I'm using parentheses here, those parentheses, I'm using quotations here, but what the, the right answer is, we, we start building almost this, um, this external validation outside of ourselves that it makes it sometimes harder to know what's happening internally. So then we become always asking, never doing, because we're not internally making those decisions on what's uniquely. Yeah. And essentially what we're trying to do here, a lot of these women who are doing incredible work are trying to find themselves. They're trying to connect with themselves. They don't realize how they aren't when this is happening with what you're talking about, because they're looking for other women to give themselves permission to have a voice or hold about, Hey, is this really right? Can I really do this? Is we're looking outward to give ourselves permission to do what we instinctively and intuitively feel like we need to do. It's so funny though, because I'm literally hearing different women in my head who are going, I know, right? A lot of, but uh, Amy, but, like, I, but you, I know. Okay. So I want to speak to some of the, this pushback is for some women, they hold it in so long that to go to other women and ask, am I crazy? Is this like normal? Is this not okay? That's absolutely okay. Is it okay to ask somebody for advice? It's absolutely okay. What becomes problematic is when we're turning off our own voice and our own intuition because we're trying to hear what other people think and then their reality becomes our reality. So if you want to go to somebody and say, am I crazy? I'm feeling like this and this isn't okay. And you're looking for that validation. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're reinforcing what you already knew. 
And, or you can listen to somebody's advice and you can go, okay, does that sit right with me? No, it doesn't because of this. No, it doesn't because of that. But you hear in both of these examples, there's still that internal work of sorting through for you what your truth is. Yeah. That's what's really essential. And this goes along with what we've been talking about with the, the trusting yourself and self-betrayal. All of this correlates. The moment we start losing our sense of self, the moment we stop listening to our higher self and trying to practice tapping into that, because that's really hard to do when you're in this raw place. And like we were saying in the beginning, those of you who are just right now trying to wrap your heads around all of this, maybe come back to this in a couple of months, but we cannot negate who we really are. And, and we just don't want to lose ourselves in all of this. And I just see it happen way too much. Well, yeah, I, I had a client say to me one time, she said she had met with a coach and she had said, my coach asked me the question, how much percent of my time and my thoughts were spent on thinking about how I'm being impacted by my husband's choices and what's going on with us as a couple. And she really made her do the work like, okay, you naturally have to feed your kids. You have to get them to school. They have sports. She was doing some other hobbies at times. So you have these hobbies, but take all of that into account. How much of this percent is being spent? And she had said, 70%, probably maybe 80. And she went, Whoa, like that's the majority of your life and your energy and your brain power that's going towards us. Is that what you want? And so she had come and we were processing through after she had done some more work on this. And I loved the way that pushed her brain because while she knew that there was a certain level of, it is going to impact and take a lot of your thoughts. She didn't want that to be the dominant story in her life. She wanted also that she was growing and developing in this way. And she was being a mother in this way. And she was following her passions in this way. And she had these marriage pieces in this place. But I just, I don't know where I'm going with this, Amy, other than it really has always stayed with me, this thought of, how much energy and time in your life is this taking? And is that what you want? And if it's not, and usually it's not going to be because who wants us to take any of our life? If it's not, what kind of things can we start putting in place and empowering ourselves to give more to our life beyond just this? Yeah, that's called creating your life experience. And that's what we have charge over. We don't have charge over anybody else's experience, including our partner's. And so what you're saying there is so powerful. And I would love for women to do that work, to really pay attention and become aware of how much your brain focusing on this and get real with yourself. And then ask yourself if this is where you want that to be right now. Just that question alone is putting yourself in power. Just asking yourself, here's what I'm noticing. Do I even want this? just stepped into your power to create what you want. And if that's what you want, great. But yeah, one of the things I love about coaching is helping women remember their potential, remember that they have that power to create and watching them step into that. It's beautiful. And that's 
for me, where this topic is coming from is the desire to have women just tap in, become a little bit more aware. Are you identifying with this or are you using this to help you move and heal? And who knows what, like this helped me do what I do for a living, my trauma. What is it doing for you in terms of an experience you're having, but not making it mean anything about who you really are in terms of your worth and value. So let's just briefly talk about some of the negative impacts from that trauma-centered identity. One of the things is just being unable to make decisions for yourself. Like we were talking about needing other people to make the decision for you, giving you permission to just do basic care, like safety, creating your safety, have a boundary. So not really able to make those decisions and trusting yourself. You really have a hard time with that self-trust if you're making this mean something about your identity. Yeah, exactly. Another one is isolation from the world and only associating with the trauma world. And there, what's interesting, there's pros and cons. I will hear women who have no kids left at home or have kids who are in school all day. And they go, I don't know how those of you who have little kids at home do it. I just don't know how, or I don't know those of you who work and then have to go to work and put on a smile on your face and how you do it. And, and while there's pros and cons, one of the pros is having something that gets you out of your house or out of your head can actually be really beneficial. I had a newborn baby in the thick of it. And that baby was my light. That baby was something that I had to get out of bed every day for and take care of. And that I really found joy in and that I could allow myself to feel joy in. And so it I is. Said, it's critical. It is. I and did cleaning when for me, like I left and I went right into starting a cleaning business and I was working sometimes not even joking 19 hours a day, just trying to make money and survive. But I was busy. I was using my hands. I was working. I was using my body and all the while, yes, processing and trying to make sense of it. But there's something magical that happens when you're moving and doing something. And I really did have freaking amazing clients who I would listen to them and hear their life stories and get out of my world. And it was more healing than I realized. It's one of those things where I can look back on and be like, ah, oh God, you totally knew what you were doing with me <laughs> because it saved me. It really did save me. I love you sharing that. And please don't take this as Amy and I are saying, if you're not working and yeah, you no. have to go get a job, choose <laughs> no. for you, but are there ways that you can go connect with people? Can you volunteer? Can you have a walking buddy? Like just something that gets you out of your head, out of yourself can be so beneficial in actually helping you move forward and not letting this become your full identity. Yeah. Yeah. The last one is, and I know we've mentioned a little bit about this, but losing sight of your worth and value. Because again, we're making all of this mean something about who we are. I absolutely can relate to this. And I'll, there's a little actually emotion that just started to come up. Um, thinking about this with my own story in just his actions, the action of infidelity, that alone ripped me apart. And if someone were to say, but you're hundred percent of worth and value, I'd be, I would give them the finger, <laughs> but you can't see me doing that right now. But because yeah, right. It truly just shook me to zero. Mm -hmm. I felt like nothing. 
in every way, physically, <laughs> my, my attractiveness, my sexuality, like all of it. And so I want to validate that this is really hard one. It really is a hard one when you've had that happen. And so, yeah, if you're giving me the finger right now, totally cool. I'll take it. <laughs> I want to promise you though, that part of your healing is remembering your worth and value. Part of that healing is remembering that this person's action wasn't because of you. You didn't cause it. And when you start to really find yourself again and you see your own beauty and you love you for all of it, you get to this place where nothing and no one will ever take that away. And it's because of this experience I've had in my life that I've had to find who I am. And I, I don't know about you, Alana, but for me, I struggled with this even before I met my first husband. And so it just exasperated the whole thing. But for me, it's been such a blessing to actually see me, love me, and nothing and no one will ever take that away again, which is why I could get remarried <laughs> because it was a risk that I was willing to take. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't care who it is. No, one's going to change my mind about that ever again. And that is a very empowering place to be. It took me a long time to get here. A lot of freaking work, but it's possible. I'm no different than anybody else. It's beautiful. And I think right there, we wrap up for this week on that, that not losing sight of your worth and your value. And when you can really solidify that, that beautiful gift that can carry you through with resilience of every hard thing that life may bring. So thank you for being part of our conversation today. And we look forward to seeing each of you next week. Hey everyone, thanks again for hanging with us today. Before you go, check out the show notes and click on Alana's and my social media pages, She's recovery service media pages, and hit like, follow, share, all the things so that we can spread the message of hope and healing. We have also loved the comments and questions that you guys are sending in, so keep those coming. It's amazing. The more you share and like, uh, the more women who are searching just like you were for answers and hope and healing will be able to find it. I know I sure would have loved to have more resources when I was going through this because really it is always up to us to choose recovery, to choose healing, and of course to choose you. Take care, everybody.